zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey, the Outbreak Challenge. Outbreakchallenge.com has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. And you can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Apocalypse Now. This, oh, this episode. Oh my God. There were parts I liked and parts that I wished just, why do we always have to do this? Because this is The Walking Dead and it's got bad rules to live by and it's just repeating them all over again which you know considering it's the final episodes why not play your greatest worst hits yeah play your kid play you know let's let's yeah i get that um hey have you guys seen that box of tricks i think we, <laughs> we got just a few episodes left and brand new writers apparently so let's get out that box of tricks and, uh, you know, we'll just pull stuff out of a hat. So. And, you know, like I've said before, I just, the the ease at which our guys are just like going in there and being like, oh, I guess, I guess this is what we're doing is I, I just, I find so delightful. Like, I don't not love any of that. I swear there were scenes where I could, I could see the actor's hands mimicking endorsing a check <laughs> on this 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 week's episode of zompocalypse now indeed this is the zompocalypse now podcast brought to you by the fine folks uh here uh, on the podcast that would be me timothy harvey and me dustin and me curtis and as always um, we're here to consider the experience that is The Walking Dead. Um, we also have a sponsor, by the way. Check out the Outbreak Challenge at OutbreakChallenge.com. You can use the code ZombieRun to get 15% off your first race. It's a neat uh, fitness app where you fight zombies and use your steps and that you win and win and get medals and all sorts of cool stuff so we also have that. a patronize we have so a patreon can, account yes 
<laughs> so you can find us on there and give us money for nothing and chicks for free. Uh, exactly. I that don't is. just just the money. Thanks, chicks. I'm. I think nope. No more chicks. Oh, uh, you know it's great for me, Curtis, but it makes me a little sad to hear you say it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not one hundred percent fine with no more chicks. I'm not a pendulum, and if I were, I'd be a stopped clock entirely. Yeah. And it's not because of this show, although. <laughs> although i can tell you if if i had if i had a wife and she was like man i can't wait till walking dead's uh, podcast is over so my good husband can lay me down and require my wifely duties and i would say i'm just not feeling it babe sorry not not and after she'd, and she'd be like but you're a man but yeah i know i've it's all been taken away by severe walking deditis severe repetition of the same fucking dialogue over the last 10 or 11 years oh you can't go in there because but i'm going in there because my friend's in there and, and like, that's okay we are gonna have to get to that scene because i think what they have been doing is really really important and also shitty the things they're doing with rosita are very interesting and kind of jerky and i have an idea i have a whole explanation as to why when we get to that that part well, uh well there's a there's a thing though um where uh um we get an explanation but we don't want it because that would maybe make us not hate the show except no no i mean the thing that they're doing in the writer's room okay. to rosita to prepare the audience in a certain way like it's uh well, let's just start at the beginning okay all right fine, fine. let's in actually, the beginning um let's do uh, let's do it let's do it in segments i want because i want to start with uh aaron and his little team on their way to oceanside okay and get that out of the way yeah because um whatever that was well again it's one of those stupid things that that i feel like this whole uh section the aaron and lydia and jerry part are they are setting that part is we're throwing some shit in so that when walkers do crazy stuff next in the next season of our next shows in fear of the walking dead or in you know negan and negan's show or whatever it won't be oh zombies can't do that you know i feel like that whole this whole section has been tacked on nothing nothing wrong with a little foreshadowing right if you handle it right yeah the problem is is that they're not so Because they this this whole sec this it's like this part it's almost like they were like oh shit we need to bring in some of this other stuff what actors did we dismiss that we can bring back to have a little mini adventure to explain some things well we haven't seen Luke and Jules for like two years yeah they've they've been completely away from the show the, the last time we spent any time in Oceanside was the last time we saw these guys and we didn't see them when. Lance showed up to Oceanside. They just weren't in the shot. And, yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. 
don't we have some characters? Shouldn't we bring those guys back on since we're in the final episodes of the show? Right. Sure. Whatever. So anyway, Aaron and Jerry and Lydia and that guy who used to be in a mask that we thought was going to be a real badass but turned out to be a total pussy Elijah. are almost to uh, Oceanside. And they hear a brasslin in the woods. And it's Lydia that hears it. And they're like, what's that? And she's like, it's people. And, and Aaron's like, how do you know? And it's, as we discussed last week, now Lydia is going to come into her own as the queen of the whisperers, as the crowned princess of whisperers this episode. So now she's got all sorts of like spider senses about what's going, you know, what's going on and what's out in the woods. You know, like somebody who grew up in the woods, itinerant and homeless. In, in, a, in, a, in a group of survivalists, things she would know, uh, which is great to see, but it would have been, oh, just so wonderful to see her have any of those skills at any other point, at any point in the entire time this character has existed on the show. But I digress because <laughs> we get to, uh, it's, it's what's his name and who's her butt? Some people that were with Yumiko and, and Connie and the Lapple Dumpling when they first showed up so uh, this is but... luke and jules and their defining characteristics is that luke is remarkably well fed for someone in the post-apocalypse and he played music yes he was jules is the lady he knows i don't remember anything they fell in the love I, they they fell in love and moved to oceanside i remember that happened right at the end of the whispering wars war okay is that, or or right before the whispering war or something I don't remember if Oceanside was involved in any of that shit. Um, but yeah, they uh, they fell in love and moved to Oceanside so he could go make Fantastical Beast movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that worked out well for him. Well, you know, he's on what? <laughs> number four? So, you know, yeah, it worked out real well. For, for a canceled him. series. That's oh, been canceled? They've, yeah, it's done. They're not, they're not going to make another one. Yeah, huh. it's there. There, that that series is over. No, that doesn't mean anything to us right now. So anyway, uh, so they tell our intrepid heroes about what's been going on. That Lance came and took over Oceanside, and uh, and the leader of the group stayed. The leader of Oceanside stayed to try and uh, fight back or whatever. But she sent them out to try and get to Alexandria or wherever, and they're being tracked by uh, shock troopers. Now, um, I would like to point out that the timeline for this doesn't line up in any way, shape, or form because Lance took over Oceanside ages ago uh, in terms of, I mean, well, not ages ago, but the, the amount of time that it takes for all this stuff to happen has been so compressed and so distorted Everything from Alexandria being turned into the outpost. We talked about this last episode. It doesn't make any sense in the timeline. This doesn't make any sense in the timeline because everybody knows that the entire show takes place in the same five square miles because it only takes people five minutes to walk from one settlement to another, except when it takes weeks, apparently, for these guys to make it this far from Oceanside. Okay, sure. Sure, why not? Anyway, it's The Walking Dead. Why am I... I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> so uh, the the shock troopers are like right on their heels. And they're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to escape? And again, Lydia looks over and sees a group of walkers. And she's like, 
aha and so they do that trick where they cover themselves in gore and step into the into the herd of walkers and are completely invisible to anyone who tries to find them and that's kind of where we leave them is being whispers in this big heavy group of walkers and just eluding the shock troopers who are in jeeps looking for that for for what's his name and that lady uh because I don't know if they know Aaron, maybe Aaron too. They I'm, it's very unclear as to whether they are going to try, they're trying to catch Aaron because they haven't seemed to be after him this entire time. Well, it also seems like maybe they're hurting the walkers too, because the Jeeps are sort of driving around them and, and we see them basically end where the Jeeps are sort of in front of the walkers, shining lights on them. It's very strange. But we also get a scene where we get uh, Lydia drops her knife. And right. Walker picks it up. So, climbing walkers, tool using walkers, knife wielding walkers. Add it to the list, folks, of all the walker variants: stealth walkers, parachuting walkers. Well, I think this is could be a tool using walker, like that. Oh, yeah. You know, having a having a knife, unless unless it shows some sort of like skill or acumen with the knife like if, if it treats it differently because if it just goes in like bashing at people with the knife and it just inadvertently cuts them as like right. if it comes sure. in like to stab somebody with the knife that's one, one thing right but if they're just like you know anyway so that's basically see. what's going on with them they are they are in a bit of a pickle but nowhere that they can't see their way out of honestly uh <laughs> So, so they've been here before. Yes. Secondly, uh, the C plot is uh, Daryl and Carol and Maggie uh, and Rosita and Gabriel breaking into and Connie. Connie is there as well, uh, breaking into Alexandria so that they can immediately take it back over. Like this, the questions aren't even like, "Well, how are we going to do this?" They're just like, "Well." Uh, I know where my cache of guns is in my house, and I know a secret way to get into Alexandria. So I'm gonna, me and Maggie will go over here, and Daryl, why don't you go up through the sewer and come out of that grate by the by the uh, uh, windmill, and and we'll start taking out cars. It'll be, you know, we'll be done by by uh, you know by tea time, <laughs> and you know, and then that happens like literally exactly like. And it is a great example of how just horribly inept the Commonwealth soldiers are as antagonists. These yeah. guys are the dumbest human beings. Okay, folks, this is an, not a brand new house. It's got hardwood floors. I live in an apartment with hardwood floors. They make noise when you move. There's all kinds of sounds that are generated by everything are that that carol and maggie do including knocking a guy out and dragging him across the floor then hiding in the stupidest kitchen i've seen in a while it's not a kitchen that is that's uh that's a, a laundry room okay it's well, a very nice laundry room actually but they are they are literally on the other side of the door is a whole bunch of soldiers so carol and maggie decide to talk in normal voices in a room where they are separated from a whole bunch of soldiers by a door. Not a thick door, not a reinforced, just a door, just a plain old door. So there's people in the other room 
having a conversation. But the soldiers, because sound doesn't work in the world of The Walking Dead, don't hear any of this conversation. They're not trying to hide. They're just like, I feel bad about all the things and the dangers I've put my son through. And Carol talks about, you know, losing her kid. And, and you know, it's a very, it's a nice scene. It's a little mm-hmm. weird because this is the wrong time for Maggie to be having her breakdown. Um, and I mean, the, the soldiers are right there. They're right there. And they don't notice the door opening. They don't notice anything. These are the stupidest. And none of them even are like, hey, has anybody seen Ben in a while? (laughs) Ben's tied up on the floor of the laundry room and nobody's even thinking about where where Ben is. And I have to wonder, okay, so they got through that room. All the soldiers came in after they dragged Ben into the laundry room. I mean, was there a reason that none of those soldiers were in that room before? They all decided to congregate in that room afterwards. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. This is just dumb. This whole, this this little bit right here is just really dumb. Yeah, but I don't think it's any more or less dumb than anything we've experienced. Oh, no, no. This is just, this is just repeated dumb. This is also where we have the conversation that I don't go. No, you don't go. You can't go. I can't go. Because Rosita wants to go in with them and, and uh, look, help look for the kids because Coco's missing as well. And they tell her no and she's like i you can't stop me from going in and and carol's like no but you are one of our best sharpshooters we need you on the outside if we if there's trouble and that makes her begrudgingly decide to stay out but that is not why any of that stuff happens go on uh that all happens all the things that have been happening with rosita recently are kind of leading us down this loose cannon path with her so that they can kill her off and we will not feel bad about it. They are, I feel like they are like really, if you look at the, if you look at the characters that we have and you look at the characters who uh, may, somebody maybe want to live and some may, you know, want to die and who has been there the longest and you know all those things because you know it gives certain characters have different cachet like different stats on this show you know and rosita while she has been here for a real long time has never been a high stat character and so gabriel who is her partner and is raising her child with her is a much more high stat character than she is. And so it would make more sense to kill her and let him live so that he can raise their daughter. So they're making Rosita seem very brash and like, I've got to do all the things to say all the things so that she can be a loose cannon in a moment that mm. we and be killed. I really, I very strongly feel that that's a very likely theory i think that that there's a definitely stuff to back that up i'm a little concerned about the logic of the two sharpshooters being outside the town with tall walls they can't see through well i think that you're right i think that it was just them trying to keep her from you know going loose cannon 
Um, so it doesn't really matter. Like, that's just the reason they gave for her to stay. Yeah, just a dumb reason. So anyway, uh, that that story dovetails in with the Negan Ezekiel story uh, where they're partners who don't like each other and have to work together. (laughs) And, okay, so people are, and I realize we're in the last episode, so you have to do certain dumb things, apparently. But, yes, I completely get that Ezekiel is not the biggest fan of Negan. But at this particular point, is it really necessary to have the scene where Ezekiel's like, I don't like you and you don't deserve to be a dad and you're terrible. This is not the time for that conversation. There are other priorities at this particular moment. It's like, why are we even having this conversation? Why is this even a thing that's happening? <laughs> and, okay, I this is also something that I thought was really strange. Um, explain to me the logic of Negan's deal with the warden. I will say, I you we both know that there is a resistance festering in the camp that's why you brought me in here to see if i knew anything about it i'm gonna pretend i will say i'm the leader of said resistance and die if you do something fill in the blank with cool whip and then ready whip or ready whip i'm sorry will you do something something fill in the blank with ready whip and then profits right yeah there's <laughs> let me makes- let me explain. Oh, okay. I will be happy to chime in here. Oh, good. Um, Welcome to the podcast, Curtis. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Negan is um, searching for atonement. So he was he took the deal with the warden to save his wife. Um. And uh, he gave himself up because he's he, he's done so much bad shit. And we saw that in the very beginning of the episode. We knew this was going to be an, a Negan episode because we saw all the bad shit that he, some of the bad shit that he did. Right. They did a little montage with the child voiceovering something. I don't, I wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was the, definitely a Negan montage this week. Yes, it was. And so, and so Negan um, separates himself from the herd, I guess, to sacrifice himself on their behalf. And uh, what he didn't see coming was, was, uh, um, he was hoping, hoping for a clean death. I think that's all he wanted because he's because he's just really he did horrible things but is this i mean but this was this part of his plan i just don't understand like i he don't was understand willing the- to sacrifice himself for the others so that they could continue or was that like that that was his signal to ezekiel like this is when you have to spark the hope 
Well, no, because Ezekiel asks Ezekiel what he's doing, and Ezekiel says, I don't know. So I think you're right, Curtis, but again, we're looking at something that doesn't make a lot of sense in the internal logic of the show for where this character is. I don't understand what's going on with these episodes where they are taking these characters who have dealt with issues, some of these exact same issues before, and they are suddenly acting so like they've been written this way to try and make a point about something. It doesn't make any sense because Maggie's acting out of character. Negan, I don't disagree that he's trying to atone, but he's too smart to under to not understand that this is a really dumb deal because he, again, he, he talks about how he knows this guy. He knows the warden. He was the warden. He'd have to see this guy's going to do something stupid because then the warden sits there and says, oh, no martyrs. Then he drags out the pregnant woman to kill her too. Okay, let me explain the concept of the martyr. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not how it works. As right. Negan pointed out, everybody kind of hates me. So they're not going to get upset that Negan, uh, they might be a little sad. Um, somebody might sit there and go, well, he was trying. But no, let's take the pregnant lady and make her the target too. It's like this, this warden talks a good game about being, I am, I am very cruel and terrible, but he's a moron. Right. <laughs> he's so damn dumb. And it, it takes nothing. It takes nothing to turn all of the guards against him well okay so yeah we also set it up where we've got this guard who's like uh you know your your transfer has been denied but my brother's gonna die you shouldn't have gone around me. i'm like oh my god needlessly cruelly stupid to your old own men yep let's just make the check mark here for a moron who's gonna get killed um the warden by the who is played by a gentleman named michael weaver and Michael Wiegver was one of the guys who was in like uh, Club Dread and Super Troopers. Mm -hmm. He's one of those guys. So okay. another example of a comedian playing, uh, uh, yeah. diving into the villainous role well. but and, and he does a fine job for a character who is dumb as that shit. Is a cartoon. Uh, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like Ezekiel gets up and it's like, we can be better. It's the shortest we can be better speech I have seen in a long time. Because folks. literally, like, all he has to do, all, all he, so Ezekiel stands up and does the, we can be better. Well, this world is broken. We don't have to do this. And the wind's like, shoot them. And none of the guards shoot. And then Megan looks at that one guard and is like, hey, you have a family. You don't need to let this happen. And he's like, I guess I don't. And then it's over. It's just like, you know. I mean, it's a nice, inspiring moment, except it's completely wrong. <laughs> this whole, I mean, yes, it's good to see Negan be willing to sacrifice himself for his wife and child. That's good. Okay, that's good. We we've been on the Negan redemption arc for a while. Okay. Yeah, and and I think. I think when his people who hate him see him 
sacrifice himself, they're like, oh my God, he's like Jesus. We should go stand over there so we can be Jesus too. And I think that's like some level of forgiveness on their behalf. Yeah. Which, which is probably more deeply moving to him. We'll see. We'll see what the aftermath of it is, because if he's, if they're like, Hey, Negan, thanks for helping us out. You know, you've totally redeemed yourself. He's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, the thing is, is that he really didn't. I mean, he's, he's, again the the warden the warden doesn't seem to grasp the fact that negan is again really not on everybody's favorite buddy list and the thing is, and again this is one of those times where it was like you know i mean i feel i feel like even if i didn't know that negan has a show next year I would look at this scene and see this particular, like him, him being put in front of the firing squad and then his wife and no, they're not going to kill Negan this way. Okay. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan got in trouble with AMC because he was like, I don't like the fact that you announced our show was coming out before the end of the walking dead, because, you know, it completely took out any suspense, you know, Negan's going to survive. This is, this is not good. He got yelled at, um, but he was right because this could have been a moment, could have been, where Negan is on his knees next to his wife about to die. And then we have a full circle thing where if Negan had died there, it would have been Negan dying like Glenn and could have been this cycle thing, this full thing. And you could have had Maggie going, oh, and you know but that's not what happened that's you know well if they had announced that i was literally going is this the episode where fucking negan dies really and i wasn't even thinking about the other show then maggie i saw maggie and i was like oh yeah i remember now so for a second you did almost think oh he might die yeah 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 i, I mean it was we're meant to think that but they fucking shot themselves right in the foot because they think that we're stupid. Well, and, and then, of course, do X Daryl shows up because, of course, at the end of this, you know, the, the warden grabs um, um, little apple dumpling. Yeah. And just dragging her away as a sh human shield. Meanwhile, Darryl they're doing all of this next to the windmill, which is where Daryl and Connie are waiting for Maggie and, and Carol to bring <laughs> all the guns. So when when he takes the apple dumpling prisoner, Daryl just steps out of the shadows and <laughs> shakes him right in the kidney. <laughs> well, that's convenient. Yeah. And then, of course, because he is a cartoon villain, because Carol and Maggie have found Herschel, who is conveniently the only child, so that Maggie can have her moment. Were it I, if I were the writer, it would be some, if there was a, had to be a kid here, it'd be some random child, somebody else's kid. Yeah. That, but okay, we get our emotional, Maggie gets to hug Herschel, yay, that's great. Um, but they don't know where the rest of the children are. So Rosita is a little unhappy. Yes. And so she's like, you tell me where my baby is. And- First of all, I don't think that the warden knows. 
where the oh. babies are. They didn't know where the children are. He, he knows he was in know. his camp. Uh, but he doesn't say that. He's just like, <laughs> you'll never find them. <laughs> and uh, so Rosita goes and grabs the one guard who tried to defend him, who's now immediately in the instantly turned into a walker. Uh, and so she grabs the walker and she brings it over and she's like, do you know now? And he's like, I live and die for my villainy. And so she like lets the walker bite his whole face. And everybody stands there all horrified. So in that, they have now retaken Alexandria, which is now doubly fortified and uh, (laughs) that's like a contingency of people in it, you know. So that's good. Those guys would be living high on government cheese for a little while because nobody fucking knows they did that. No. And so easily, just like the the get in to there and taking over of Alexandria was literally the C-plot of this episode. The Negan stuff and the Eugene stuff were way bigger. The going and getting in and taking over like nothing. Just like well, I guess, you know, we've only been living here forever and we know where everything is, so you know. <laughs> It's so good though. I love it. I love it. I love that they have just decided, fuck it. We are gonna truncate them just beating the asses of these people, of these rich schmucks. We're gonna just truncate it into the last two episodes of the show. The two last one and a half, probably. It is, yeah, it's the, the Commonwealth is just the most okay. So the, the governor is an interesting villain lance was an interesting villain but the commonwealth is so damn inept i mean it's terrible (laughs) so let's you know so let's get into the big the main story which was the trial of eugene that we don't get to see any of yeah any of like they were like well should we do some research and like do a do a like you know uh, to kill a mockingbird style trial episode. Do you think that, that would be fun? And Pro- somebody like and Fred Gipple didn't even look up from his phone, was like, nah, let's just like, we know, we know how it's gonna be. We know what's gonna happen. Let's just somebody in the writers room probably brought up Star Star Wars episode one, and they're like, What the fuck? Do you want them to just negotiate with the Trade Federation all fucking episode? God, put a fucking zombie in this show. Well, I mean, in fairness to the Walking Dead. People are not tuning in to see a courtroom drama. But I think that this could have been if they had Harry Mason for the defense, Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) I I just feel like if they had given like, you know, because the thing that this this episode does, which the last one did really, really well, was it lingers more on the on the common citizens of the Commonwealth Mm -hmm. even more because they are up in the balconies. They're not allowed on the main floor and it it keeps going back to them when they're like having, you know, when when the governor's saying crazy bullshit like Eugene uh, made my son's voice out of the 
box and and now it's not his voice like it shows them be like come on we know that that's not something that can happen like we know we live in zombie times you know <laughs> so yeah. all right so we have to start over we have to start over we jumped to something stupid anyway yumiko uh is trying her best to have any kind of a fair trial and the judge is so obviously on the governor's side that it's laughable. And like, she tries to cross-examine the governor, but, but you know, she doesn't get any of her objections sustained and the governor makes objections that are, that are sustained. And it's just like, yeah. really it's- obviously not, uh, not a fair trial like so obviously the judge is going to rule for eugene geek be killed the problem with it being this obvious is that it's also this obvious to the gallery of ordinary people i mean this is like look folks if you're going to be a if you're going to be a villain i don't know a little subtlety maybe not just make it so obvious that's not not her style she she exists to make examples of people (laughs) and this is this is her way of saying, if you fuck with me, there is no justice in the world for you. Right. And she walks out of that courtroom just grinning her ass off. Right. Well, first they, they have a little client meeting where Yumiko basically explains to Max and uh, Eugene that they're not going to win. This is just not going to happen. And Eugene is very much like, you know what? I kind of figured uh i'm ready for this to happen i'm okay it's gonna be fine uh and so then they're like well maybe we could try mercer again maybe we could try to uh, appeal to mercer's uh uh better angels for the 900th time and max is like i don't know he wouldn't listen to me and I'm his own sister. And Yumiko's like, let me tell him, let me try. Maybe he doesn't know that the others were taken. And so she goes to Mercer to try and like get him to do the right thing. And she says, princess and all my friends have been kidnapped by your government and we don't know where they are. And he's like, yeah, I know. And at that point, I just like, if I, if I, if I had a pin in my hand, I would have thrown it to the ground. <laughs> because it's like okay we get it you want mercer to be conflicted about his duties to this community but come on like he had this big scene with his girlfriend where she told him you're not a monster you're a good man i wish you would do good man things and then she is disappeared by the deep state. And he's like, well, shit's going to happen. Come on, the walking dead. Oh, it's worse than that. Because that you are entirely right. But it started before then. With Yumiko saying, maybe he doesn't know. Yeah. How? Okay. He's gonna know. And that's leads to the problem there is which is yeah i mean look we end up where this has been leading to we'll talk about that in well, a minute but, but it's, it's like just, it's such a it's so clumsy getting us there 
I don't I don't need for him to be this like he, I feel like a normal civic minded person would have been done with this like a week ago like a, two days into the trial he would have been like this dude's not getting a fair shake knowing the things I know I know that this is not going the way that it's supposed to go well, uh, it, we're, we're, we've been setting him up this entire time as being this honest moral moral order order is is great but law matters guy justice yeah justice, justice and, over law you know yeah yeah right and and he's got you know he's he's a leader to his men and he cares about his people and all these things and the idea that he would be this wishy-washy about this situation because he knows the governor is corrupt. He's, it's, not, it's not a question of him going, goodness, is this the final piece of evidence that slots into place to read? No, he knows. He's known for a while. This is not news to him. <laughs> this is like a sudden revelation. Goodness me, the scales have been lifted from... No, this is not what's happening here. Oh, it's so frustrating. So, so we miss Yumiko's closing argument, which again, I feel like was probably because they didn't know how to write one. And I feel like it probably, you know. And so, I feel like it. it's possible it wasn't performed well. No, I, I feel have like it, feeling, yeah. It, wasn't it was that they didn't, they didn't even write it. They didn't even try. Some uh, kind of maudlin fucking thing, but they leave the maudlin shit to Eugene. Yeah, and I think, you know, because he stands up on his own behalf and does this great speech about how he's grown as a character over the last 10 years. <laughs> and it's very good, I think. I have but done some extraordinarily fucked up shit in my life, and I have relied on my friends to keep me alive, and that worked out. And now here I am, uh, one person uh, doing something, I'm very confused. I'm just a boy standing in front of the court of law, asking it to not sentence me to death for a crime that I very well may have committed, but was kind of okay to do in the first place. Yeah, they didn't get they didn't get him on the stand. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't even call any witnesses. I, well, we don't know. They 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 might have had like a dozen witnesses. They, they just got all that shit out. I really would have liked to have seen that entire sequence. I would have liked that. I enjoy if, that sort of intrigue, you know. If they had not crammed all of this stuff into the last six episodes, if they had paced this show better, this last season better, because we had a whole lot of filler. That's we, big, could have yeah. actually, we could have actually had Law and Order Zombie Unit. And we didn't get that. But this whole scene is also, I think, meant to make you fear that Eugene might actually die. Because we're in the final episodes, right? Eugene might actually be executed. And that's the, that's the thing that it, because they keep cutting to the, to the gallery with the normal people, right? You, so, guys see, you guys see this week's episode of Law and Order ZU. Why, why are all the zombies always guilty? <laughs> I don't get it. I'll keep watching, but fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> Your penalty is undeath. <laughs> 
So, um, of course, uh, Eugene is immediately found guilty. And uh, he goes to, uh, he's, they put a bag on his head and walk him through some hallways, uh, which takes him to Mercer, who takes the bag off of his head and says, let's fuck shit up. Yeah. And I was just like, by this point, I'm like, finally, finally, you're on the same page with everybody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> holding, his, holding his cards close to his chest the whole time. If we if we find out next episode that Mercer has been organizing a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes all this time, and he's been like, this is his, he's had like this plan, he's just couldn't talk about it because he was afraid it would get revealed accidentally. That could be cool, but I'm really sure that's not what's going to happen. Do you remember when we uh, were talking about Wes's heel turn on fear? Mm-hmm. And I think I said something something similar to that i would love for it to be revealed that he is a spy that he is a spy this whole time the reason that it was so crazy that he went from the good guys to the bad guys so fast is because it was all a plan and they didn't do it yeah i feel the same way there might be a thing where it's like i've i low-key found out which chalk troopers are loyal to me and i've you know like no and when i found out everybody was being you know, send to black sites, I made sure to find out which black sites they're going to so we can go get them afterwards. And those might be things, but I doubt very seriously that it's going to be like, I've been setting this up since since you showed up and opened my eyes to the to the wacky doodles of the Poodabot. The, the what of the what? The wacky doodles of the Poodabot. Okay. Because uh-huh. what he says is not would have been not important. It would have just been like, <laughs> you know, could have just been gobbledygook. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, he. I. I mean, we all knew though. He's not. He's not a monster, and he's not going to let fucking Governor Annie Lennox of all people cause any kind of emotional harm to his own sister. Right. Exactly. He. Uh, that's the thing. Like. Uh, of anything else, he is not going to let the man that his sister loves die for something that he well maybe did, but you know, justice of it, not law of it, you know, and is right. And he's not going to look at her for the rest of his life and know that he caused her, that he allowed that kind of pain to happen to her. Yeah, I it would have been interesting if we found out early on that he was like totally against mixed marriages. <laughs> That would have sown some seeds of doubt, but nope. Uh, yeah, he's a yeah, good there's... dude. He's a good dude. Apparently, he sees that uh, that uh, Eugene is a good dude, even though he struggles with being a good dude. You know. Well, sure, the thing is, is that Eugene, when he's not being, when his life isn't being threatened every fucking day. Well, and that's just the thing is that Eugene is really hard on himself here. And his his situation that he was with in with being part of Negan's camp, to some degree, that was just self preservation. Oh yeah, and, yeah, well, and it's it, totally that. And he's not. I mean, yeah, it it doesn't. It wasn't the best thing he could be doing. And yes, he sacri- You know, he he was not a good person for doing it. But he also ended the war. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's he was you know. He sabotaged their ammunition. 
that kind of you know he kind of won the war all on his own yeah kind of he, he wasn't fucking around when he said i changed the world just one man i yeah changed my world you know so but he's got a low self-esteem and we've we've known that about eugene forever this is not news but but uh, but isn't it interesting how his conundrum mirrors almost exactly negan's conundrum and it's not a shabby bit of writing that they did it that way Hmm. you know because we have basically the same the same thing happened with both of them they're both completely fucked and then they're saved at the end. And, you know, that's oversimplifying it, but that's essentially what happened here. Well, Eugene Pretty hasn't been saved up. yet. He could still die in the next two episodes because he doesn't have his own spinoff series. And um, <laughs> so he hasn't been saved yet. Well, you know, on one hand, I hope I do hope he dies because it will be a splendid death. I'm sure he'll be he'll be uh remembered for i i don't i i haven't seen anything i know that i know i've been time we're watching this there's information out there the show's already yes the show's already ended at this point because we're a little behind but we Um, are not going to i am not going to spoil it i am not spoiling either i'm working real hard spoilers is a good idea and we're coming into this because but we are deeply cynical people and we have been watching this show for all of the years and so the cynicism has only grown mm-hmm. deeper and and far more i used i used to have hope and joy in my life and and uh, i dec- used to love my children <laughs> <laughs> 11 years of this show 11 years oh my god um has you know completely killed any uh, hope and joy i've ever had but um that's not true i you know this thing that we do here folks i don't know if you we don't talk about this much on this show but part of the reason we even do this as much as dustin and i spent so many years hate watching the walking dead is that we get to hang out and now that we are not the three of us are in different places Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of times a week, once a week, a couple of times a week, we get to hang out and watch a show that sometimes entertains us, sometimes infuriates us. And it doesn't matter which show it is. <laughs> the answer is sometimes entertains us, sometimes infuriates us. Because we are the three horsemen of the Zompocalypse. Exactly. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> we should get a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, so do you guys want to maybe... Uh, like discuss who we think's gonna make it out alive we have two uh, episodes left right right and we're not gonna talk about the people who we know are gonna make it out well so right. just just to get them off the just to get them off the chessboard we know Megan, Megan and Maggie, Maggie Daryl and Carol maybe even Carol. though she's not part of the show there's talk about her joining Daryl's show later right when right so there's four. Not to do it in fucking Yugoslavia or wherever they're going. They're shooting in. Fr- they're, they're currently in France shooting it. So right. Even and she was initially initially announced as a co lead when the show was originally announced two right. fucking years ago. She was like, "Not so fucking fast, you guys." She'd like a break. <laughs> She'd like to rest. But I and I think I think that they may have taken her out of that for that reason because somebody 
everybody, you know, because everybody has said, everybody has said, well, thank you for telling us that these characters live, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think what they did is they took her, they said, oh, Carol's not going to be on the show anymore as a way to be like, now you don't know Carol might die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're going to kill off Melissa McBride. They're not going to, they're not going to, you know, no, and not to mention the fact that after all this time, this is where Carol dies. I don't think so. Right. Okay, so Eugene. So back back in in the Commonwealth, we got Eugene, Yumiko, and her brother. Uh, yeah. Okay. So those are the three, uh, and Max. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think all of them are going to make it through the end. You think? I think so. I I think we could potentially we could potentially lose Yumiko's brother because salad dressing. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have. Yeah, I mean, but, but I don't I don't see Yumiko. I don't see Yumiko dying for for whatever reason. They've you know they've given us this time to focus on her, but she's not a fighter. She's a lawyer, but we also know she can defend herself. I'm not I'm not super concerned about her. Although, to be honest, the governor shooting her at this point um is a possibility yeah but i i somehow i don't think so um i i tend to agree i think that uh like i said i want more happy endings mm-hmm. than uh than sad ones so i can i can imagine that eugene and, and max are able to end up together and happy and that Yumiko gets to Yumiko and her brother get to make it out. I can because I think that they might even just be shunted as a lot. Because I mean, Yumiko's not really been that much big of a character. I bet they are going to shunt her to the background super fast now that she's no mm. longer needed for this. For the for courtroom this. scenes, yeah. yeah. The, the, final the one courtroom scene. Yeah. Final episode. Here's what I think. They're all going to end up together except for the ones who are going on to new series and they're all going to be like out in the open with millions of zombies around and they're, they're <laughs> going to be surrounded and then end of episode oh the the blake seven ending yeah yeah whatever or bob okay. newhart's gonna wake up and go oh god that was a weird dream okay so the blake blake seven was a show that was created by the same guy who created the daleks for doctor who a guy named terry nation and it was it was basically what if the Federation from Star Trek was evil, and then you had this this ragtag band of of misfits who are fighting against literally the Federation, um, though whose logo was the Star Trek logo turned on its side, not subtle at all. The yeah. final episode of the series is almost the entire cast is killed off. The final moments you see the main character who is standing there surrounded by soldiers. The screen goes black and you hear the sound of gunfire. That's the end of the series. And it's like, oh, um, fuck you, fans. Okay. <laughs> Everyone dies. All right. And and so, yeah, I mean, seeing seeing our heroes surrounded by zombies everywhere. That would be like, all right, fair. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth, boys. I mean, that kind of makes me wonder. Are you guys fans of this show? I'm gonna, yeah, I would say that I am. I'm. 
because it's so hard to be like, ult- you have to think about it. Ultimately, I have been watching this show for pretty much longer than any other show I've ever watched. I've been into the show longer than I've been into Doctor Who. I've been into the show longer than I was into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I've been in the show longer than I've been into Battlestar Galactica. And those are important, like, like life affirming fandoms for me. Yeah. You know, I know I've missed like 25 years of the Simpsons. I know I have watched Simpsons and I watched one of the tree houses of horror a couple of weeks ago because somebody said there was an anime section and I watched the wrong one. It wasn't the right one. And I sat through that episode of tree houses of horror, like, how how has this show been on for 32 years yeah i i i think i think that i'm a fan as well i mean yeah. I, I cosplayed negan one time and that was stupid but I, I but i enjoyed i enjoyed it yeah you know yes and no and the no is that intellectual part of me that's analyzing all of this right because this show does so many things that as writers and as editors and and so many just storytelling things that this show does really poorly. And yet, I do like the characters. I do find it interesting, the story they're trying to tell. And I think they drop the ball all the time and maybe this show went on way too long um but as much as we talk about hate watching it there's also something to be said for the show being entertaining maddening yeah frustrating yeah known to make us legitimately angry at what we've just watched but we do. We range from joy to anger to despair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but ultimately, more often than not, it's entertaining. I mean, honestly, if Dustin and I had given up in season two when this show was legitimately bad. But we were and... all like, it's just season two blues, guys. It's going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> If they ever uh, find that little girl, they left abandoned in the woods for an entire damn season. Um, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that some of it is bloody, sheer bloody mindedness, you know. But no, I mean, it, it's and and again, it comes part of it comes down to hanging out with my friends, watching, right. and yeah. and that that makes. I mean, for crying out loud, we used to watch Once Upon a Time before we watched The Walking Dead, sitting on Dustin's couch. Friends, friends. A hundred years ago, uh, when Walking Dead first started, it was a dinner party at my house. Yeah, it was. It was great. We, these three gentlemen, our friend Anne Marie, several people, different people, you know, came and went, would come and we would all eat dinner together. We'd watch Once Upon a Time beforehand while we ate dinner. And then we would watch The Walking Dead together. And, you know, this was before we were covering it, before we were writing for sci-fi reviews for sci-fi for me. This was, you know, just for the sheer joy of it. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, we'll, was- we'll have to we'll have to go into this more in our uh, Walking Dead retrospective. <laughs> available in well, it'll be th- uh, the third episode from now, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think well after this show ends, we'll have to do an episode of what we learned. What did we take away from our eleven year journey? With you know, just- the, nice, the nice thing is 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 um, I uh, I by and large have agreed with the state of humanity during this 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 zompocalypse. Right? It's it's been exactly how i would imagine it just the worst fucking people end up being end up being in charge and you know and everyone has to do horrible things to survive and that's that's what i i wrote a play about it uh this was while i was not watching walking dead but it was remarkably similar in a lot of ways there's just no zombies in my play because that's that would be cost prohibitive. It's going to turn out. It's going to turn out that the lesson of the story were the friends we met along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maggie basically, uh, Carol basically said that last episode when she mm-hmm. told when she was talking to Maggie and basically was like, "We went into the Commonwealth and all went back to regular lives, and now we don't see each other anymore." Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be a family if this didn't happen, if we didn't have to survive together. Right. And yeah. I thought that was very interesting. I was watching uh, Lord of the Rings because I always watch that movie, those movies. And, uh, you know, Saruman says the time of the orcs is at hand or whatever. Somebody says that. I'm like, oh, they're just talking about zombies. This is Walking Dead in, in Middle Earth. Let's do the outro. Uh, let's get out of here all right folks this we are in those final episodes we are in that point where it's all gotta wrap up in two more episodes we'll find out if they can do it who will live who will die who will be heading off to their own spinoffs oh wait we know that already all right so join us for our next spinoff the next episode of zompocalypse now and we hope that you will i don't know give us a rating give us a comment let us know what you think. Go to iTunes and give us a rating. That stuff helps. Um, find us on social media. Find us on Patreon. Check out the Outbreak Challenge. Do all those fun things. Dustin, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And thank you for listening, folks. We will see you on our next episode. The final episode. No, it's not the final episode. There's Apocalypse now. We're going to keep going because... The penultimate episode. The penultimate episode of The Walking Dead, but not the penultimate episode of Zompocalypse Now. We will see you then, guys. Thanks for listening. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved. <laughs>